0: Hi beautiful people! Welcome to another episode of this Passionate Life Podcast. I'm so thrilled you're here for this journey as we question how can I lead an aligned life? How can I connect with my soul's truth? How can I find freedom and fulfillment? We cover all things related to soul alignment, freedom, abundance to manifest your best life. I'm your host Stephanie Zito Welcome to This Passionate Life. All right, my dears, I have to share some of the great things that are happening right now, and I would love for you to join me. I host a beautiful membership group for women seeking to deepen their intuition, clarity, and alignment. And every month we host a Zoom session where I get to see women who didn't trust their intuition when they first came in over the time of working with me, connect with their ancestors, with their soul guides, and now receive the sort of guidance they longed for with effortless ease. This is an intimate sisterhood, and we meet monthly for a guest speaker, and also for our own soul session. You also receive a vault of courses within this membership on manifesting, on all things intuition, the chakras, and so much more. This membership is for those of you looking to have a powerful connection with yourself for greater guidance, clarity, and support, for less overthinking and fear, and for more aligned action and abundance with other soul-led women. During our sessions, we dive into ways to connect with deep conversation. You are embraced for being exactly who you are. These are some of my favorite sessions during the month as we create magic, feel more empowered and have more clarity as we navigate the business of daily life. You are welcome to join us for only $11 for your first month. The link will be in the show notes and we would love to welcome you into this membership to activate your soul-led life. Hi, welcome if you're joining in. I usually don't go live on my main profile, but I figured let's just open the conversation to whoever wants to join in. Um, This is sort of just a spontaneous conversation from a post that just came to mind yesterday because I think about things like this um, and work with clients on things like this. And the question was, where did we learn to be so hard on ourselves and others? And um, I was just genuinely interested in hearing from all of you and your theories. And I'm gonna just try to tag some of you in. And then I'm just gonna dive on in. So you can either join now or watch the replay. And I'd love to hear your thoughts as we go, as I feel like this is one of those really just wonderful um, collaborative times to come together and bring our minds together just to really help to um, kind of release some of this stuff for ourselves uh, and for the collective, right? Because whatever we do for ourselves impacts everyone else around us too. Um, Like when I'm healed, when I'm bringing that healing space to my drive to work, to uh, my interactions in the grocery store, to, uh, comments on Facebook and Instagram, I'm going to be coming from a healed place. And so if I'm coming from a healed place, what I, I'm going to start to get into this in a moment. Um, there's some things that I've noticed in my own journey and in working with clients and I'm curious what you've noticed too. So. Let me just kind of start in with a little bit about me. If you are new to my space or kind of been poking around and checking it out a little bit, um, I'm Stephanie Zito. Um, I am a sole purpose coach, a manifesting facilitator, a psychic medium, and I don't use those words lightly uh, because those are the experiences that my clients have with me, being able to manifest the lives they truly want um being able to as a psychic medium connect with their past loved ones with their guides and I think for some people when you get it you get it when you know you know and for others who are skeptical um I know for me I've had a lot of my own skepticism as I've gone along that particular path and um I guess what I've been able to receive is proof Uh, proof is in the pudding, right? So if you want to hear more about that or get an experience with that, I do have some free strategy sessions and we can check that out together. So that's always an option. If you are coming in, come say hi. I'm so glad you're here because we're going to dive into um, where did we learn to be so hard on ourselves and others, kind of those origin stories, and perhaps some ideas for a pathway through because I don't know about you, but one thing that I've noticed is, um, and I'm not really gonna get into politics, but an example would be in the political sphere, just uh, at least in the US, we have like these two strong parties, right? Republican and Democrat. And you can bet for sure that you're going to knock heads and um, be hard on the people in the other party. And uh, not everyone, but an example would be call them names and they're this and they're that and they're stupid because they don't believe the same things that you do. So just an example of what I've noticed, (laughs) maybe not for you particularly, but maybe you've experienced that in conversations that you've seen. And Morgan, I'm so glad you're here. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. Morgan is a co-author with me in the book Wealth Codes and She's done other amazing things and uh, I can't wait to hear you chime in. So I know I made this post, You know, where did we learn to be so hard on ourselves and others? And what's your theory? And I know Morgan that you chimed in for your own um, experience. I kind of pulled it up over here. I'm gonna pull up what you said, okay? So you don't have to rewrite it unless you want to. Um, You were saying we adopted the voice of a critical parent because we were conditioned to believe what they were saying. This is really very similar to what others were saying too, right? Critical parent, um, critical teacher. Uh, my mother showed me the way. Uh, Christian Calvinism, I, for sure, definitely some religion in there, right? <laughs> we'll throw some religion in there too. Um, learning from direct relationships, right? It's like what was right in front of us. So, what's so interesting to me as I read these and something that I've learned is to just start by bringing curiosity, right? Like bring curiosity kind of the idea of act versus react. Oh, I lost that whole post, it's okay. Act versus react, right? So it's interesting when we reflect on this, right? We can recognize where we began, where the origins were. So it's one thing to kind of recognize that. And I feel like as I'm reading this, I really wanna be clear that I don't really feel like we're here to kind of throw shade or throw blame. So I'm curious, you know, if you were responding to this already or you wanna respond now, Where do you go with this? Let's say that you recognize the origins, right? What have you done perhaps in your own life to shift that for yourself? If you recognize, okay, I see that I received this critical voice from my mother. I'm just curious for you in your own world, like what what have you done? What has shifted or changed for you that you're aware of to help you release that critical voice? so that you can come more into a place of self-compassion, a place of self-love. Because what's interesting to me, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this as we go, is that, yes, let's say that um, it's really common to have received this sort of critical voice from our mothers, right? I'm a mother too. So when I reflect on this, or I reflect on our, um, our, our mothering, (laughs) <laughs> I really like it takes me back to like origin stories right the origins of these things because we know there's no way that this just began with the one person who birthed us like the one person before us, if they had a critical voice towards themselves or towards us that had to come from somewhere so where did that come from. Right, well that probably came from their mother that came from their situation well where that come from that came from their mother that came from their situation. I mean we can probably take this origin story way, way, way back. And I would love to take it back to, to me, the origins of why we have like dissonance in our world to begin with. Let me take a look at your comment here first, Morgan. So you're saying, yeah, so I was asking kind of like, well, where did you begin to heal this? And what you're saying is lots of therapy and trauma healing to start. And I'm genuinely interested in this. So if you're watching this later, I'd love to have you answer that question too. But being able to hear the voice as a separate entity other than believing it's in my own mind. Yes. So I feel like one of the most important like solutions or pathways through the critical voice, whether it came from your mother or it came from your teachers or it came from wherever else is your origin story is being able to separate the voice. And you're saying therapy, trauma healing, for sure. Yes. For me also, meditation has been like a huge piece of that. Going from that place of like, like meditation and yoga for me have been teaching tools to help me like look at the Um, the fluctuations of the mind stuff there's sort of this whole text of um the philosophy of yoga and um this is one of the parts of it is these are the yoga sutras of patanjali and yoga is the quieting of the mind stuff and what is yoga yoga is meant to get us to a place of meditation to a place of samadhi a place of bliss where we can recognize the mind is going to fluctuate we're going to have these big highs we're going to have these lows of lows and yet that's just the fluctuations of the mind. We don't have to be those fluctuations, right? Like I can understand that I've received this belief and I can look at it and um, it doesn't mean that I have to become it. And I look back at um, in my own story and maybe you have one similar to this and uh, you know, anything you're willing to share, I'm so happy to have you share here, um, the origins of uh, perhaps like your self-criticism, what's helped you through it. And, um, I look at an example, for instance, of being in college, and I was a dancer. And I just, you know, gained the freshman fifteen, whatever, and i wanted to I wanted to slim down a bit, not in like an overly obsessed way, but what wound up happening was, as I began to slim down, I started to get compliments, and I started to feel better about myself, better about the way I looked. Um, I started to I started to increase my self-esteem. And um to the point that I really stopped eating. And what's so interesting is there's a picture of me from that time when I, you know, I'm five, eight and a half. Um, a healthy weight for me in college was probably 120 plus pounds. I don't know what that would be in the other stuff if you're not in the US. But um you know, for me, that was like pretty good, and uh, and it's gone up since since college times, which is fine. But I was down to like 108, which was ridiculous. I stopped having my period; it was just really not healthy. And um, and I and I got some, and I've gotten some compliments of that picture from that time. So when I look at it, I see that was a really unhealthy time, right? Like, why should I be real thin? How does that even make sense? Why would I even want to be real thin? I look at you know pictures from like um, uh, the, you know, the, the painting masters, right? Like Rubin, right. And he, um, or the sculptures of like Venus and these women, like they're kind of voluptuous. They got some weight on their hips. They got a little bit of belly. Why? Cause it's like pretty normal. And, um, they were looking at these like aesthetics of beauty at that time. And so they were painting that and they were sculpting that. And, um, what's so interesting with these origins is like, I like to look at systems too. So if our mothers were perhaps like self-critical and I'm taking like weight as an example, you might have other examples for yourself too, smarts, personality, whatever whatever it might be that comes up for you. You know, I look at for me, like looks, like as a woman looks, getting that sort of criticism um, or self-criticism. and um, And it's interesting how it can really like, impact us right it can really like impact the choices that we make it can really impact um, the decisions that we make and how we how, what we think we're worthy of as we sort of m- move forward in life and it uh, was my point <laughs> sorry to come into this um, but I was able you know through kind of meditation and through yoga really being able to take a step back and look at that voice and say like is this voice mine is this a voice that I want to have resonating in my head is this a voice that really, matters to me. Where does this voice come from? There's a girl, you probably have seen her on Instagram, who created this great song that went viral called Victoria's Secret, right? And it's about like this old man in Ohio, who's created these standards of beauty for us that we think we need to live up to in these Victoria's Secret models. And that's exactly it. Somewhere along the way, there is this ability to commodify our pain, or commodify us believing or thinking that we had to look a certain way to be liked, to be loved, to be, to be good, to be worthy. Yeah. You love her. I forget her name right now. You probably know her name. So you do, you can pop it in here. Um, so, right. So like there's a system in place now that is, um, and I'm gonna go back even farther, but you can look at like the system of advertising, selling products. Well, how do we sell products? We speak, I've learned this as a coach. There is this whole system, Jax, thank you so much, oh my gosh. There's this whole system of selling to us through our pain points, right? And I've learned that as a coach too. What's somebody's pain points? Let's speak to those because then we can solve their problem. And I feel like that can be used in a really powerful and supportive way and that can be really used in an icky way, in a really kind of like mind, mind fuck kind of way too. So um, if suddenly like I need to believe in our culture that we that the standard that we live in right now needs to believe that we need to look this certain way and I have to pay this money to have these creams and to stay young forever and to never age and to have a certain waistline and to have a certain booty and to not have cellulite, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay up bunch of money to a bunch of other people. So I can fight this sort of battle with myself that at some point is going to end up like everybody else with the wrinkles. (laughs) I'm sorry to say, but unless you're Madonna, no offense to her, I'm not trying to throw any shade. um, You're probably going to get some wrinkles. in this lifetime. So like, why, why not um, balk against that? Why not balk against the, the mentality around aging? Why not celebrate aging? Why not celebrate those who are our elders, our modern elders, those who have wisdom, those who have gone before us, their stories. Look at those, those beautiful lines in their faces. Like, oh my gosh, there's a story in there. There's some wisdom in there. How beautiful. Oh my gosh. Those laugh lines. Wow. She's laughed a lot. I love that for her. I love those lines for her because she's laughed a lot, right? Rather than criticize her. That's, I mean, I, you know, when I was younger, when I was in my twenties, I for sure probably looked at other women. And if they had a pooch belly, I was like, oh my gosh, why doesn't she do something about that? Like, I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. (laughs) So I get my payback with my pooch belly now after having kids, which I love. (laughs) Um, So... All right. Let me take a little moment here and go back to that original post. Does anything you want to kind of add in here? Because I want to go back a little further to some of these origins. Um, so to me, these origins they go back way before advertising. They go way before before selling skin cream. They go back to the origins of um, of our uh, our beingness, like being on planet Earth as human beings. They go back way before that. So. For some of you who may be watching later, I might lose you here, which is okay. Um, but what I wanna say is, where do we learn to be so hard on ourselves and others? If we look back at the origin story of, of us, let's envision that we start at the beginning of the universe. And let's envision that the beginning of the universe, maybe it's infinitely always been here, is, the, is frequency. There's literally the existence of frequency. There's literally the existence of energy and energy can be malleable. It can be formed. It can be reformed, right? We know this, um, the origin sound of the universe in, um, in, in yoga terms, we call it the sound Om. It's the beginning, the middle, the end, the in-between the nothingness. So we have this, we have, um, we have consciousness and consciousness wants to get to know itself. So consciousness, it's kind of like that pink Floyd album cover where you've got the white light going through the prism and then it becomes the rainbow. Right? So now consciousness is like, Oh, I go through this prism. I fractal. I become different things. I become the rainbow. I become yellow, blue, green, right? I'm different things. And now uh, perhaps there are these other beings that occurred before humanity. Just saying, maybe that's true. (laughs) So these other beings, we can call this um, the time of the Orion Wars. These other beings not only did they get to know themselves, the universe knowing itself through the expression of many things, but these beings started to understand, I am different than you, just like red is different than green. And in the expression of all things, what else came up? Comparison, better than, worse than, right? Just the idea of, the idea of competition, the idea of, well, yellow is better than green. When I say that, it sounds ridiculous, right? Doesn't it sound ridiculous? Yellow is better than green. (laughs) Like, it's like having a conversation with a four-year-old. Which color is better? Oh, green's definitely better, right? It just sounds kind of insane, doesn't it? And yeah, that's what began to start to happen. Like, um, skinny is better than voluptuous. Like, uh, so t- says who in 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 what context in what context are we speaking um no wrinkles is better than wrinkles again in what context in what context are we speaking so why are we being hard on ourselves because um one it goes back to these origin stories from like eons ago to when comparison came about because it is the expression of the universe expressing itself in a myriad of ways. Just like we have nematodes and we have elephants and we have jackals and we have flowers (laughs) and we have toothpicks. It's the universe expressing itself in so many ways. Who even knows what's ahead of us? In the 1950s, we didn't, did we know we were gonna have cell phones? Maybe, I'm sure somebody did, but I don't think that my parents knew. So. When you think of it this way, I don't just put it on the moms. I don't I put it on like way way back into just literally if we took the emotion out of it, it's just the expression of things existing. The expression of things existing means that we have the expression of competition, just like we have the expression of compassion, just like we can have the expression of understanding that we all come from source. We all come from the universe. We are literally just different expressions of the universe, just like um, my My ring finger is not better than my pinky finger. They're just different expressions of my body. My right eye is not better than my left eye. They're just different expressions of my body, right? My canine tooth isn't better than my, what's another tooth, my molar. They're just different expressions of my body. So when we look at it that way, we can just understand that um, our subconscious just receives all these messages like through our DNA, through this imprinting, so that we, we come into this world like immediately like with this imprint in our DNA that we've received through eons and eons of of our ancestors who came before us and the expression of our parents who are just expressing stuff that they may not even be conscious of, right? They're already just ingrained into the culture that they've been born into. Like when I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Uganda back in 1996, you wanted to be big. If you were a woman, you were healthy if you were really big. You could bear great children if you were a big woman. And if you were not, it probably meant you had AIDS. And so people would be like, oh, she needs to gain some weight because if she's losing weight, that was the time of AIDS. It was really scary for people. And like being super skinny meant you probably had AIDS. Not in a, like, not in a way that was, um, like ostracizing someone, it was like literally like a fear, right? So in that culture to be like a big woman meant, one, you probably had wealth because you could eat really well and you could bear children and you were really healthy. So how interesting, right? When we flip that script. Uh, So so I kind of want to come full circle. If you've got some other thoughts or questions, you're welcome to pop them in. I kind of wanted to start with that origin story, at least in my book, that's how it looks. And we look at these expressions of things. There, there's gonna be beliefs that we just don't agree with. There's gonna be some things out there in the expression of the universe that, um, that we don't think are ethical or they'll go against our standards or that are harmful to others. And that's where we can bring in this term ahimsa, right? Do no harm. And I love that term ahimsa in terms of doing no harm for ourselves and doing no harm to others. And so when we come into a place of being hard on another, right? And I'm gonna say this, even when it comes to the place of like politics and being hard on someone else for not agreeing with their political beliefs. This is a hard one. (laughs) This could be a hard one for me even. I'd be curious about if we took that step back like morrigan's even saying separating from our belief system a bit to just recognize like that person arrived at that place for a reason too just like i arrived at a place that person arrived at a place too maybe i could bring curiosity to this if i have a negative belief pop-up about myself being hard on myself i didn't do good enough i failed at this um, I don't I don't look the part I don't look the right way Um, what even when it comes to being an entrepreneur and showing up right people are going to judge me there's so much ideas about judgment, because like someone else had said we don't want to get kicked out of the tribe, we don't want to get kicked out of the tribe right, so I don't want to get judged. The most freeing thing I've done is just not caring about getting kicked out of a certain tribe because I know those are not my people. And if they need to kick me out, like go right ahead. There's billions of people in the world and the people who want to vibe with me and hear my message and interact, like I have found plenty of those people, right? I have served plenty of clients who have benefited from being in my world and and me being in their world too. So it's been the f- most, the freeingest thing, a freeingest word, word, the freeingest thing just to let go of that stuff. And if somebody wants to come and the more I get visible with certain things, troll me about something like, go right ahead. I give you compassion if you need to spend your time trolling on me. And more again, you're saying you love this conversation. Con- contrast and comparison is one of your favorite places to ponder. It's so interesting, right? And the same goes with... Um, being hard on other people, right? I feel like we learned this, like, what even is this? Like, why even spend this energy? Like, um, like I make a mistake, like a a legitimate mistake, Uh, or maybe I made a mistake that like, I really felt, I felt strongly about something and it was the wrong choice. Like, okay, if, if we really believe in, this is where like, why does um, the belief in manifesting work and help. Like if I really truly believe that um, what's meant for me will come for me, it makes letting go of our failures a lot easier. And it makes us be a lot easier on ourselves because it's really hard to operate from a place where you feel like you're just going to get criticized for being you, either in your own mind or by somebody else. Like, if I think I'm going to get criticized by other people every time I open my mouth, well, I'm probably going to find other people to open my mouth around. Or or you're going to get blocked. or I'm just not going to spend time with you. Uh, If you're someone who's like, like like a big public figure, like you're very much in the public eye, you're getting criticized. Look at Rihanna at the Super Bowl. She got criticized left and right. This beautiful human being who I just saw years ago on Oprah, cause I scroll Facebook in the morning and these, these inspiring things come up. She gifted her beautiful mother, this gorgeous home. And her mother was saying how she's always just stayed humble to herself. And she goes on stage at the Super Bowl, and she's pregnant and she's not doing big shenanigans and she did an amazing job. <laughs> and yet there's a bunch of people out there criticizing her, right? where did we learn to be so hard on ourselves and others? Where did we learn to be so hard on Rihanna? Why? Why are we doing this? To what purpose are we serving? And if we're serving a purpose within ourselves, like an example would be like, I'm going to be hard on Rihanna because by being hard on Rihanna, I feel better about my life choices. Then is that Truth: Am I really feeling better, or is that an illusion? Is that just a band-aid for something that's actually an issue underneath the surface? If I need to be hard on Rihanna for showing up pregnant to the Super Bowl in her red, comfy clothes—oh my God, I love those red comfy (laughs) clothes—I was like all about it. Then, then what is going on inside myself that is not healed that I think I'm going to feel better by? Bringing comparison to this other person by um, shadow projection. Thank you. Exactly, it's exactly what I'm trying to explain. Hi, Dina. I'm so glad you're here. And she, t- I think she totally rocked it out. It's fine if you don't think she did. I'm not trying to change your opinion. I'm just asking us to look at it from that kind of perspective, right? To look at it from that perspective. So, you know, for me in terms of restructuring beliefs and um, i posted about this recently because i had the opportunity to do this amazing photo shoot with this incredible photographer on the beach and walking into it i had to tell him in advance oh my gosh (laughs) i'm not sure if this is like male talking to female or what but i had to explain to him i was like look i'm feeling some feelings about having this photo shoot like i'm things are coming up that i feel like i'd healed but showing up like this i can tell." I'm afraid of being judged. I'm afraid of feeling shame. I'm afraid I don't feel beautiful enough for this. This photo shoot is meant for models, right? Not for somebody like me. These are the thoughts that were coming up in my brain that I was observing going into the photo shoot. I didn't cancel, but I did let him know in advance. Not to like make it a therapy session, but just so I spoke it and it didn't hold it in my throat chakra and through that um, develop some kind of disease. (laughs) So at first he's like, what do we mean? I'm not following. And like, I literally had to lay it out. I was like, great. I really need to use my throat chakra and be super clear. So I just like spoke it. And it really was something to speak it out loud to like a human being I just met. He was going to take pictures of me because um, in saying it out loud, I had to really like look at it. I had to really face it. And it was very freeing. And um, what's so interesting, i would missed this whole email that he he knows this already because he's worked with so many people and he has this email he sends out to everybody. And it was like the best experience. If I don't have all the, I have the rough um, cuts, but I don't have all of them right now. But the last, the last shot I can see how much I've relaxed <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to cry. I feel like it's this shot where he like sees me. He was just like, I was talking and he was just taking pictures and like my face had relaxed and I was like, Oh, there she is. There she is. Oh, so highly recommend it. If you live in this area and you want an amazing photo shoot, like I will hook you up with this guy. Um, yeah, thanks for that, Dina, the deep truth. Still struggle with this day. Harder in yourself than others are. Right, yes. And so this is the whole reason that I um, wanted to come on and talk about this because I feel like there's, even in the subconscious or inner energetics, this, this time that we are wasting, like I am wasting my own time and energy with this undercurrent of worthiness that I have to look a certain way that I don't look like. Like, this is how I look. This is how my body is today. This is how I show up and I choose to show up and I am being seen. And why why should I walk around feeling bad about that? Why, Why on earth, as a beautiful expression of source, should I feel bad about that? Why a dolphin doesn't feel bad about that? A dolphin doesn't feel bad about their wrinkles or their saggy boobs. (laughs) Right. They're just like being a dolphin. There's so much to learn from that. My cats aren't like, I mean, my older girl cat, she's got some sag and we love her so much. And we think she's so cute. And she's like the best. We're not like, we're not, we're just not ragging on her because of how she looks or how she shows up being a cat. (laughs) Thank you, Dina. Thank you. We're just like, we love her. So Why do we do this to ourselves? I feel like I am here today to say to put our stake in the sand that we're over it, that we're over it. And I'm not saying that's easy and I'm not saying we're going to do it overnight, but like, let's do this for ourselves. Let's do this for others. Let's catch ourselves when we begin to be hard on ourselves. Be hard on yourself if you did something wrong, like you legit hurt hurt somebody else, right? Be hard on yourself if you're hurting somebody else on purpose. Be hard on yourself if you're lying to yourself or if you're lying to somebody else, right? (laughs) Be hard on yourself for certain things, but for certain things like how you look or a mistake that you made or making the wrong choice or um, not feeling worthy or not feeling loved, like How about we just choose, we make the choice to let that go? And if we need tools to help ourselves, then I have some that I'm going to kind of go over real quick. (laughs) And you might have some too that have worked for you. And if we're being hard on ourselves or being hard on others, let's look at that. If I see somebody showing up and trying her best to succeed in her business, and I want to see her fail, it's not a problem with her, it's a problem with me. And I need to look at that. Why would I feel bad? For somebody else? Why would I not compliment someone on the beautiful photo shoot that she's putting out there, on the beautiful work that she's putting out there? Why would I not support her? Typically, it's because of the same systemic belief of lack, the same systemic belief of comparison, and that if I succeed in the, in the, the balance of things, that means that somebody else needs to fail. If I do well, someone else is going to lose. If if she does well, I'm going to lose. It's that same illusion of comparison because the truth is abundance, just like it's springtime and the flowers are coming up, right? And the sun is going to rise tomorrow. We have been fed this just like we've been fed the lie that we look bad when we are big or we look bad when we're old. The same lie tells us, (laughs) the same lie tells us that if I am succeeding, that means that she needs to fail, or I can feel better about myself because that person's failing, right? It's the same lie. And it comes from systems and structures like the patriarchy, like the, some of the religions that actually had to squelch things, even like hypnosis. I learned this in my hypnosis training. Hypnosis was um, shoved under the rug by missionaries and by the church because they were afraid of it. Why? Because it put people in their own personal power. What we can do today is claim our, our own personal power, just like the dolphin being the dolphin. I can claim my own personal power. This is how I show up. I am perfect exactly as I am. I'm working on my shadow stuff. I'm not perfect, whatever that means, but I'm working on it. And what I found is hypnosis can really help with this, to help with the undercurrent of belief in the subconscious. Tapping is a really great tool. I love tapping too, Um, because we're looking for ways we can kind of rewire the DNA. One of the best tools that I've used before I even learned hypnosis was the intuitive energy work that I do with clients to help them even do like a 180 shift from, like feeling unworthy in how they mothered their children and how that impacts their belief of worthiness in the job they're allowed to get and, and helping them to actually manifest their dream job when they release that undercurrent of belief. Like how cool is that? <laughs> it's the best. Um, I do have some free clarity sessions. If you'd like to grab one of those and then perhaps um, do an energy shifting a coaching call with me or a hypnosis with me. Um, I'm happy to be in each other's worlds. If you got anything else you want to add to the conversation now or in the future, please do. I'm so glad you've been here. Um, it's been really fun to see some of you, Morgan and Dina. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. It's so funny, Dina. I don't know why when I see your name, I, I remember doing this on the podcast too. I always want to say Dana. What's going on in my brain? Um, All right, that's all I got for now. Uh, So I'm gonna go and I will pop my calendar link in here in the comments if you wanna grab a free session with me and I'll see you around the Facebooks. Let's be good to one another. (laughs) Morgan, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for joining in. It really means a lot to me and um, I'm super glad to be in your world, my dear let's boost one another up. How about we do that today? Go find somebody on the Facebooks and uh, give them a boost just because it feels good. (laughs) And if it doesn't come see me. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye. Hey friends, thanks for listening. If you feel called to deepen your intuition, then message me, send me a message at stephzitocoach at gmail.com to get in on our next round of the activate your intuition course. This course is meant for you if you're looking to take a deeper dive into trusting yourself, making decisions with greater ease, and tapping into the energy and the support that is actually always around us. We just have to ask. So I'll be happy to hear from you. Until next time, this is Steph Zito with This Passionate Life.